Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Three Bears and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with Colin McKay. And Colin, where are we today? We're in the Raven. We're not in the canteen anymore. We're not in the, in the canteen. canteen. We've got out of, out of work and uh, we're in the Raven. But uh, early? Um, we are early. It's, it's, it's an afternoon like, session. Yeah, because usually we're always like the kind of early evening. Yeah. Because this is an afternoon. So drinking in the afternoon, yeah. Um, I'm not drinking in the afternoon. Why not? Because it's too early. Too early? Yeah. I'm on holiday, I can drink. Um, Imagine a Scotsman saying that. I know, I feel like a drink. Yeah, sure, I'm on holiday, I can drink. So I'm drinking Drygate's Pilsner, which is lovely. It's nice. It's not going to say on the strip because that's mean to say it, but it's very, it goes down very easily, but it's nothing, there's nothing to write home about about it, but it is still very enjoyable. Is it comparable to Carling's? It's better than Carling. Is it? Yeah, most definitely better than Carling. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, not, no, I don't worry about Carling. Yes, we are. It tastes like shit. <laughs> um, it probably, it just, it sort of reminds of that. Um, so what, it's a shipyard IPA you get? Right, it's, right. it's not similar to that. Quite light and fizzy. Quite light and fizzy, just goes down easily, nice and nice refreshing, especially on a, I'm going to say a sunny day, it's not a sunny day, but it's... Overcast. We're not getting the heat weather getting down south, but we are getting yeah. something into like, not raining weather. It's just over double figures, we're at 11 degrees. We're at you're wearing a very bright shirt for that, that's where we are, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Um, so we went to the sad news, first of all, Colin. Sad news is because um, last week we had sad news as well, um, but this week more sad news. We've, we've lost some some people that. that Who do you want to jump on first? Do you want to mention uh, first? Dale Winton. Fuck off, Dale Winton. Not talking about Dale Winton. <laughs> um, anyone else you want to talk about? It's be Dale Winton. No. Yeah, I think it's a real shame. Um, I think the, the, the first one, most notable, and probably the biggest impact on us in terms of kind of cinephiles is Ali Emery. Ali Emery from Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Also, um, Ali from the Frighteners. And the Frighteners is in that as Toy well. Toy Story as well. Toy Story. He started out. Was he, he, was a, he was a drill sergeant. He was like a technical a... advisor on on Full Metal Jacket. Yes. And they were so impressed with him that they basically said, "This fucker." Because yeah, he was a drill sergeant. He, he, he was, was in, in the, the army himself. He won like <laughs> he won many sort of medals and stuff, like being King Korea, maybe possibly Vietnam as well. Um, I'm not sure if he was in World War Two or even something like that, but anyway, he won a lot of stuff. Oh, well, yeah, so he was yeah. High, decorated. Decorated, 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 yes. But um, his stint in, in Full Metal Jacket is... It's I, iconic. It's iconic. Yeah. yeah. When you think of a drill sergeant, that's what you think he, of. He, yeah, and everything's lampooned on him. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, so and he essentially played that role for the rest of his life. You know, he didn't really break out and play anything sort of... Which is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. He, he found a role and he found a niche and he worked with that niche really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even in the fight, I think he's, he's playing like a, a ghost of a, of a like a drill sergeant yeah. and stuff like that. He yeah. even popped up and like even parried himself in a few things. Was it like loaded weapon or something? Or, like, yeah. yeah. He, he, he came in as like he came in as that character as well. So he obviously <laughs> knew his limitations, but for what if you have one great performance in life and one that people remember, you know, it's to have that film, people will remember that film yeah. forever. And he's only in it for what about? 35 minutes? 40 minutes? Oh, the first 40 minutes, yeah. aye, but have you seen it? Oh, it chews it up, spits it out, yeah. and, and just... And you do wonder how much of that was acting and how much of it was just him channeling... Just being, being him. Instructor. Yeah, that's, aye, that's what you're doing. Here's, aye, here's what we've done, I'm going to do it three spots now. And the, the, the so reaction... Yeah, that's we lost someone else as well. More, um, not close myself, but uh, more, I, I have more about him, was uh, Milos, Forman, Milos Forman, who is a director. Uh, the one you know, he directed a film called One for the Cuckoo's Nest, which I you're a big fan recently, of. You saw yeah, recently, yeah. yeah. Um, he also done Amadeus. Mm. Fucking love Amadeus. Yeah, so double Oscar winner. When yeah. I do direct an Oscar, so yeah. Amadeus One for the Cuckoo's Nest. Also in a great film called People vs. Larry Flint. Which I've never seen. Woody Harrelson, great movie. Yeah. Was that no, Oscar nominated? Oscar nominated as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man the Moon as well. Where Jim Carrey's Oscar nominated for that as well. Yeah. Um, 86 years old. He was sort of like the front forefront of like the sort of new cinema coming over from. I'm, I'm going to say Czech Republic. I think it was Czech Czechoslovakia. Um, but you, I, if you read, get a chance to read his story, because basically he had to go and live with uncles and aunts during like the Nazi occupation. Both his mother and father were both killed in like um, the 
camps and things like that. Um, so, and he managed to escape too. Um, basically, with the help of uncles and aunts and family members, he escaped to America. Well, he, he still lived in Czech for, for a long time, I believe, um, and was sort of part of their new wave cinema. And then when the Russians invaded, um, I think I was actually in the sixties, maybe. I'm my geography, some my history geography is not the history of where people invade at certain times is a bit dodgy at times. Um, but I think I'm going to say during the Cold War they invaded Czechoslovakia, um, and at that point he decided to, to leave and came to America. And then him alongside the, the Janusz Kaminski, the guy. And the guy who just shot um, Close Encounters, all those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. So these, you know, there's, there's a real kind of unique eye on cinema. Um, and over, I was done. Well, one for those three I think is an absolute classic. There's yeah, not, yeah. not a single fault in that film. Yeah. In fact, it won Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, Best Picture, and Best Screenplay. Best everything. One Best yeah, Everything. Same with Amadeus as well. I think Amadeus won Best Acting yeah, also as well. Yeah, so, so in, I think everything we've done, like people vs. Larry Flint, you got, you know, um, Hollywood House's Best Performance. You can't really think of a, a better performance he did. Um, Point Love as well. Point Love as well. Yeah. Also, Man in the Moon, has Jim Carrey ever been a better film than that? Probably not. That's a much performance, how much of that is performance of Jim Kane, how much is him eking it out is very interesting. If you watch that documentary, the Jim and Andy, and you can see that Jim um, Carey is driving Milos up the wall. You know, yeah. he's not really sure what it is. But in saying that, Milos named his two kids after Jim Carey. Uh, he had a kids quite late on in life. He had twins, I think it was, uh-huh. and the one's called Jim and one's called Andy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So obviously there must have some friendship that um, yeah, to, the lashes uh, that he would um, he want to do that. But so yeah, huge, huge talent. Huge talent. Huge talent and 86 years old, it's a yeah, good life he had. Good, good innings and there'll be obviously less than the body work. Massive body work. I think particularly once over the cuckoo's nest, a film people will continue to rediscover over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah, more sure. and more. Just one of my staple favourites and always always. Yeah, it's a fantastic yeah. film. Um, move on to more happier thoughts now. So, non-cinema viewing, Colin, what have you watched in Not At Cinema this week? Non-cinema viewing this week. Um, I'm going to jump in with Pilot for Lost in Space. So, I've done a reboot of Lost in Space. Um, Netflix, on Netflix. Um, and I've watched just one so far, just the pilot, but it was quite enjoyable. Who's in it of, of interest? Can't remember now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a female playing Dr. Smith, but I can't remember. Are they lost yet? Or they, they, no, 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 they get lost pretty much within the first 10 minutes. Right. They're in space and they get lost. Is um, it better than so far than the movie with Matt LeBlanc? Um, yeah, do you think? I could make a better movie. I like that film. You alone like that film? Possibly. <laughs> I enjoyed that film. <laughs> um, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I think it missed, missed the kind of, I don't want to say campness, but kitschness of the kind of 60s TV yeah. show. This is going darker again, so this this is darker than the Mark LeBlanc one, um, but um, really, really good, yeah, um, it's, you watch it right, and when you watch it, just tell me how much of a dick the dad is, the dad's okay. like the, the, the worst fucking dad imaginable, and he's, he's, he's yeah. a parent, he's just like, he makes these choices, and you're like, you would, you, well, why, you're a fucking parent, why are you doing this shit, why the fuck are you doing this? Um, but no, it's been really enjoyable and I'm looking forward to watching the rest of them. Do you foresee it getting continuation like it's in the last few seasons? I think so actually, yeah. yeah. Does it look pricey? Well, it actually does look quite pricey. The robot design's really good. Um, you know, they've not got the kind of big robot robot style in it. Did you did you Will Robinson? Has that been said yet? Yeah, no. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. They pretty much kind of tick all... The trope of losses. All, yeah, we're well, in the first episode. Right, okay. You know, it's like tick, done that, tick, done that. And they're all there. The theme tune and stuff like that. It's kind of blended in. I'm going to have that show the theme tune as well. Not for the theme tune, but it is in the it's episode. It's in there somewhere, so, okay. Yeah, okay. you hear it and stuff like that. And you get a big spell when you hear it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. But really, really good. Um, that's 
pretty much it, I think. Um, I revisited Vacation again, the remake. Because? Well, not the remake. It's not a reboot, is it? It's a... Uh, because it's... It's a continuous... It's a yeah, sequel reboot. It's a sequel it's reboot. It's his son again. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. Again. again. I'm an idiot. I'm You're an idiot, yeah. yes. <laughs> What about you? <laughs> well, me, I watched, um, I watched one that's on Sky, it's now called Hurricane Heist, which is just a weird one that Sky's doing where it's releasing it in the cinema and also on sort of their own their own, their own platform and on the same same time. Um, when I say cinema release, it's getting, I think, a very limited cinema release. I think it's about, like, maybe like, a few cinemas down south. It sounds like um, Hard Rain. It is like Hard Rain, yeah. it's, but it's dumb enough to be really enjoyable. Everyone's, it's not so stupid like, say, a Sharknado, where... It's so retarded it doesn't even. It's not fun. Yeah. This is dumb enough to be really fun. It reminds me a lot of the nineties action films you used to like, you know, things like right. Twister, Light Hard Rain, yeah. you know, um, Volcano, Dante's Peak, all that. Kind of, it reminds yeah. me of that kind of stuff. Who's in it? Who's in it? You've got me thinking. You've got me thinking. Now. Big names are. There's a couple of decent sized names in it, or people who you think. You know what? I know them from a few things. It's Girl from Taken. Or at Maggie Grace. I don't like her. You don't like Maggie Grace? No. no. Um, she's in it. There's also Toby Cable's in it as well. He plays oh, the main don't like guy. Oh, I Jesus Christ, um, two for two. Ryan Catwan. Don't know who he is. He's in. He used to be in Home and Away, but he got made more famous by being in True Blood. No. No. He's in it. So they're the sort of three main people. Essentially, it's guys holding up a um, federal reserve, trying to steal all the money, and as they're trying to hold it up, a giant storm hits. Do they know the storm's going to hit? I'm not sure. Uh, there is something indicated at the start they think this will help cover their tracks, yeah. but it feels like there's been more planning involved in that to have this going on, but maybe, I don't know. But it, it's very dumb, it's very stupid. But you know what's here for about 140, not 140, an hour and 40 minutes? Uh, it moves along fine enough to, to enjoy. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. Um, proper staying at home watching viewing. It probably would look good to buy screen though, because like, it has, they seem to have a bit of money on the effects. The effects quite. Oh, hold up. I mean, on the small screen, it holds up pretty well. Um, the other I'm going to get to later on today that the effects did not hold up quite as well. Um, so, like I said, I probably would not want to, if I had, had to pay money for it to go and see a, um, like a cinema, I'd probably feel a little bit ripped off. You know, this is not really worth the cash. Yeah. But in your own home, that kind of film hitting you, you know, it's like there's no reason not to watch Comfortable, it. Comfortable, hour and a half of your time. Exactly, yeah, nothing bad about it. Just quickly on that <coughs> Sharknado reference, uh-huh. just rewind to be yep. right. Have you seen the trailer for The Meg? I haven't seen the trailer for The Meg yet. I've only seen the posters so far. There's a trailer for The Meg? I've heard of the trailer for The Meg, yeah. This looks fucking genius. It does look like a big... It's going to be so awful, it's going to be fucking it the could biggest be, yeah. turkey, or so bad, it's amazing. It does seem like... It, it does right now, I think, it'd be like a real proper... Sum- That's the summer one, you can think, it'd be a real fun film to watch. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Me and you are talking off mic there about what film we look forward to the summer, and I can't really think of many I'm looking forward to in the summer, but I do generally look quite fall to the Meg. It, yeah, like, it, it could, just looks ridiculously stupid. Yeah. It's going to be good fun. And it looks like a really fun... I mean, the posts they've got of the... like It's chasing after the Jaws shark. Yeah, and then there's... The it's beneath it. after that. Yeah, yeah, well. so it's like... Yeah. Watch the trailer. It's, it's good fun. Oh, well, it's good. Sorry, back, back. I got to watch the trailer. Uh, <laughs> the other film I've watched this week is a documentary on HBO called Beware the Slender Man, <laughs> which is all about the sort of internet meme that became like a phenomenon, the Slender yeah. Man sort of like mythos and things like that. But it's all it takes it, it shows um so that happened in America maybe about four years ago where two young girls essentially tried to kill their classmate yeah. in order to appease the Slender Man. Um and it the the documentary itself is more about the two young girls getting tried as adults rather than as children because of what they did. But it still gets into sort of the whole mythos behind what the Slender Man is and where it came from and the idea of like internet memes and how 
like YouTube and that can like sort of infiltrate the young and sort of make them think random things. But it's, it's a really interesting documentary. It, it opens more doors than what it answers. You know, it doesn't really answer the medical questions. But um, and relevantly, there is a movie in the pipeline as I was saying to you. It's coming out, I believe, August possibly. Um, supposed to be quite big budget and they're, they're taking it quite seriously. You know, it's just proper kind of cool and horror movie. So there is a. It's a pretty odd phenomenon. The idea that something been made. It's, a, it's like a. It's a modern myth, isn't it? So it's, yeah, it, urban legend. Uh, some guy made it up to try and prove that he could make it up, essentially, yeah. and then it, it went from there and it spawned this sort of whole, almost an industry of what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a big, big business. Yeah. I mean, if you look up Slenderman and Google, it's massive, yeah. You'll get page after page after page of stuff on it, just yeah. non-stop. It's, it's, it's on HBO, so it's Sky Atlantic, it's on in Britain, so if you get a chance to watch it, generally a decent watch. I, I, I didn't know much about Slenderman, all the fact I knew some pictures of it. Yeah. To get, it gets quite deep into sort of how it all came about, and yeah. also the story of the two girls, the three girls, actually it's quite tragic and you know make your own conclusions but you know, they've evolved them as well these designs change yeah totally yeah everyone's been people it's, yeah. one, it's almost like a, like a, a worldwide chain letter yeah. everyone who gets it retakes really it on it and adds another new dimension yeah. to it you know uh, so it's become this thing with tentacles and shit tentacles and it can it's psychic and it can yeah, yeah and it, everyone can see it but only people who are cursed by it will be attacked by it you know mm. I guess it was very very odd but that's yeah. all things I've seen so okay so first film I saw this week because you've not seen that much it's a film that I want to see more than you. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's a film called Rampage. Starring. Well, we're, the people's we have got, we have got a film into this directed by a guy called Brad Payton. You know who directed you know Brad Payton is? No. He directed um, San Andreas. Alright. Oh, the Rock. Yeah. He also directed Johnny Two. Also <laughs> holding the Rock. Yes. Yeah. And he also has that show. Frontier on Netflix, yeah. the one about sort of the uh, fur trappers in Canada. Jason Momoa's in it, yes. Andy's now joined us, people who uh, have come back and hello. Um, so, yeah, so he does that. But yeah, like I said, he's got a relationship now with, with the, the Rock. Rock, yeah. This is Muse. The Rock's got Muse, it's Brad Payton. <laughs> you possibly. inspired me to do a, yeah. a bad 80s video, get me just yeah. confused. Yeah. yeah, so Rampage is based very, the, the loosest of loose possibility on an old arcade game from the 1980s. Can I just quickly jump in and say the premise of this game was basically you had the choice of going three giant monsters. Yeah, giant gorilla, a lizard, and a wolf. What were the names of them? By interest, remember George, George is a monkey. Fuck, I can't remember. Lizzie was a lizard. Yep. Ruby. No. no. Ralph. 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 Wolf, yeah. Ralph. Wolf. Um, and, and basically, yeah, you played one of these big characters, and you would just climb along buildings, smash them up, try not to get shot down by tanks. That was the game. The, that's yeah. essentially the film. They do try and put some sort of weirdness in it, where it's a, it's a virus that they're trying to um, use for genetic engineering that they use in space to then falls to earth, and that's how these animals get it. Right. That, that I mean, that that doesn't make sense <laughs> at all. Um, in the film, they've got Dwayne Johnson. Obviously, AKA. The Rock. Thank you. Um, you got his partner in crime alongside him is Naomi Harris from I think she's one of the Bonds. Naomi yeah, Harris, yeah. Uh, you've also got Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who's basically playing a softy, softy version of Negan or Negan, when how you like pronounce it. He's kind of put himself into a niche. Yeah, Jeffrey he Dean has got the line in the film in this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you've also got Malin Ackerman, who played um, Silk Spectra and Watchmen. Oh, okay. She's in it. She plays the, the main baddie. And you've got um, Joe Manganiello pops up as well for about for literally about four minutes in the film. <laughs> yeah. Is he hot though? He looks like Joe Manganiello running about with a gun and chasing after a big wolf. Yeah. That's, that's what it looks like. That's what doing, yeah. That's what it does. Um, so, like I said, the plot's very simple. Big monsters, destroying city. Um, and people want to try and use these monsters for things. 
essentially that's the story. Um, Dwayne has tried to stop these monsters, he wants to try and help George, which is his friend. Because George oh. and him have got a relationship, haven't they? George is like his, not pet, but he's like a conservationist. Yes, he's an ex. What do I more about this film? He's an ex marine who's now a conservationist. <laughs> <laughs> he saved George um, in the jungle, apparently. Um, when George's parents got hacked to death by um, poachers, yeah. which is the show, which is quite brutal. Yeah, yeah and that's the problem with this film. It's it is extremely, it's extremely stupid at times. Obviously, as you expect a film about three yeah. giants on a city park, um, it has got some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard in a film ever. It has got a line in this that rivals the awful line from Transformers. Remember the one yeah. that Titus Welber gives? Yeah. My face is my warrant. Yeah, yeah. There is a line in this. I'm not going to ruin it for you. When you hear it, you will love it. <laughs> but it's delivered by Jeffrey D. Morgan and it's a magnificent line that makes no sense. Is it said with a wink? He is smiling all the way through this film. He is just he is cheesing it up. Um, he knows he's enjoying it, but it is a line you go, oh, that is just ridiculous. Um, some of the plot lines, plot, plot, our plot lines are hard. There are there's so many holes in it that you can literally lose one of the monsters in it. But what you do is makes no sense. The two baddies are essentially sort of like Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka Trump. You know, okay. working together. They're, they're living. It's the tone of it. They're living on a completely different movie. They're working on. And at times, the Rock's working on a different film compared to everyone else. It's sort of. He's a little bit too po-faced. Yeah. Like again, like San Andreas, he's not winking enough towards the camera. And this, like in, in um, Jumanji, he knew sort of knew the tone of that film really yeah. well. And that's when you feel like going, is the Rock taking this shit seriously? Yeah. Does he think he's talking to that big fucking monkey? Like, does he actually think he's doing that? It's like, do you think he's trying to? He's still trying to prove that he's an actor and they can act, but unfortunately he's kind of getting these films that we don't want you to be an actor, we want you to be an action star. Is, is that what's going on with Rock? It could be that, but also, I mean, the actual premise of the film is kind of stupid, the fact, you know, it's a giant 100-foot monkey fighting a 200-foot lizard and a 200-foot um, wolf. The Rock, as big as the Rock is and as awesome as the Rock is, his ability to impact on those three things yeah, is yeah, pretty yeah. fucking limited. You know, he can't really do that much with them because... They're just, it's ridiculous, you know. So, kind of like his ability to act is limited. Uh huh. Yeah, and also his like, ability to do anything in the story is limited at that point as well. Like, what can, what can he possibly do in this He's film? The Rock, the Rock can Even The Rock has, like, it's a bit like in San Andreas, The Rock is like, how can The Rock stop an earthquake from happening? I mean, can well, he punch? Yeah, uh, he's The Rock. Yeah. So. Um, just quickly on a wee Rock um, thing, apparently he's now going to wait until not the next election, but one after before running for president. He shouldn't run for election. He's put it back. He should not do Why? that. Why? Because the reason why the world is in such trouble right now is with a fucking reality TV star who thought, I'm going to run for presidency, let's go and do it. Now, Rock, I'm sure Rock is a great gentleman, he looks like an absolute saint amongst men. He's not a politician. The same he, you don't that, want that's what he's saying to me, he's learning. He wants to learn. No, you, don't want, you don't want celebrities now going the next step, after winning an Oscar, or after winning make a billion dollar film, the next step they go, you know what, I'm going to run for the presidency. That's not what you want from actors. Old fucking Reagan. Reagan was a B last actor who became a politician and then became the president. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he didn't go straight for the number one job. You know, I think the Rock would be a fine president. Fine but you've no evidence to back that up at but, all. Well, if he can't diplomatically solve the problems, he'll just go over and sort it out. That's what the big guy we've got right now is doing, and that's half the fucking problem. No, he's not going over himself. He's sending people to the Rock. Why would the Rock go over himself if he's got the entire 8th Army Division that he's disposed of? No, I think... He's got one, he'll, he'll sort shit out. Not to get political calm, but I think the Rock... Actors becoming politicians without learning how to be politicians further their path. I think they're all going to be a great person. I think. No. 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 I don't think 
some mighty fine biceps and their eyebrow qualified <laughs> to run a country. No, exactly, no. The people's <laughs> eyebrow will get them far, but not far enough. I don't know. Angry America will take care of that shit off his face. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, back to the uh, rampage. Yeah. Um, CGI in the finale is good. Enjoyed yeah. that. CGI before the finale, like throughout the film. Some of the trailer looks ropey. It looks very ropey. Right. Like, really ropey. You can, you can really see the cut lines and the fault lines, and you go like, oh, that is. Really? Yeah, so that money I'm spending on this thing, I feel like you can really put that a bit better with that. Um, that's the problem. We're so used to even a shit TV show now can have really decent CGI. Even something like The Flash can have pretty solid CGI all the way through it, which means Probably you go last night, but we'll talk about that later. Time. Yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, it can be pretty solid. Not perfect, but solid. Even Supergirl, solid CGI. That's on TV. So when you see the bitch and you go, right, well, you've got more money, you should be able to do almost ten times, ten times better. Yeah. And if you see bad CGI, it really does show up. And more so, uh, the whole premise of your movie is three giant CGI M- monsters fighting. You yeah. need to make sure that works uh, first and foremost. Yeah. So. Like, it must be Transformers. Transformers looks real. Mm-hmm. You know, the CGI that is spot on, it's perfect. This, less so. Okay. okay. Um, out of ten, six and a half. Dude, I'm impressed. I, That's I, decent. There was, I going to go uh, five. No, there's, there is definite fun. For a creature feature, that is decent. There's most definitely be maybe fun to be had yeah. with it. The faults are there, obviously, as you yeah. expect for that kind of film. But you know what? Overall, I've watched worse films in cinema this week. Yeah. In fact, in the last two hours, I've watched worse films in the cinema. Um, so it's passable. It'll probably, I saw it on a big massive screen as well, so maybe that helped it as well to enjoy it. And it's happily quite short. I think it's about 140 minutes, eh, not 140, an hour and 40, so about 100 minutes long. So it just yeah, yeah. moves by at a pretty decent pace. So yeah, definitely worth a watch. Cool. Okay. Um, and you've watched this week? You want to mention or something maybe watched from um, last week? Yeah, me and Andy at different times have caught up with eventually, which was reviewed last week, a quiet place. Yes. Um, well, you talked about Quiet Place last week as well. Did I? Yes, you did. Did I do this last week? Ah, uh-huh, you liked it, you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. right. well, but Andy saw like Quiet Place. Andy, who do you think of the Quiet Place? I, I gave it a six, and I Ooh. gave it more of the the monster design wasn't so generically bad and cliched that it made me. I like the monster design. I love the monster design. I saw so many different things. I saw Venom in there. I saw a bit of Alien. I saw a bit of Pitch Black creature. Yeah, yeah. Food, and I thought, come on, we've done that to death. Just up the game a little bit. And then I thought. Letting the audience get kind of twist, if you call it that, 40 minutes before the protagonist is bad because then you just know and you're just bored waiting on I, catching up. That with was you. my, I mentioned that, yeah, yeah. That, that was my one thing. I loved everything about it, but that was one thing I thought you yeah. saw the ending coming a long way off. You can't you can't let the audience get the kind of twist that long before the kind of twist. I agree. That was, that, that was my one feeling on that film. But other than that, I thought the film was awesome. Well, I thought six, it was great. Six. Yeah. I think I give, you give it an, I give it an eight. I, and give, half. I give it a nine. I've, yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you talk about the amazing bulk? I mentioned it last year. Sorry, then. The other thing I seen last night was ghost stories, which I know you've covered as well. Yeah, the British one. What did you think um, of that one? Pretty poor. Seriously? Um, it, it just felt cheap and nasty all the way through. That's what I liked about um, it actually. I thought I felt the cheapness of it I quite enjoyed, and it, like it wasn't over a big scare. It was going quite. It was going kind of. I, I, within two minutes, it it started. Lillian said, "Oh, is that?" And that, that was it. You know what I mean? The old guy. Do you say don't Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. And you're like, fuck's sake. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's that quick. Um, got to the end, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, did I miss something to understand it? And I kind of recapped it on my mind, spoke to Lorraine about it, and pretty much was what I thought. And yeah. Like, I mean, it wasn't bad. It just it, it felt like it belonged on Netflix, not on the Possibly. It does seem like a Netflix film. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'd, I'd pegged where it was going after the third 
story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and once I knew where it was going, I, it was, I felt like it was, try, it was getting there, and it just felt like a bit like the thing with Quiet Place. Like once you peg one thing, you go right. I know where it's going. Yeah. And you, you just need to get there now. Uh, you I don't felt, care how it gets there because you know it's going. You know it's going to get there. So I'm like, oh, you're just, yeah. you're just treading water. You just to get to that point. Um, but it's, it's, I um, guess it's all in our film. I'll reinforce what you said. The, the, the boy was amazing. The wee twitchy fucker, he yeah. was really, really good. He's a wee twitchy um, bastard. That... And uh, it was good to see Paul Whitehouse, who done, done a solid top What story did you like the best out of the three of them? Um, I actually liked Paul Whitehouse's one. Did you? And the second one I liked. It. I always thought they were alright. Yeah. Um, I don't think I had a favourite. Did it creep you out at all? One bit at the end where they gave you a big kind of jump, and it was a jump scare, it wasn't a creep out, it was a you know, loud noise. You know what bit you the bit the most? No. Two bits. Well, so the second story did actually creep me out because I've had dreams about that kind of weird thing. Right. But the bit that actually got me freaked out was a bit with the mug when he leaves the room, puts a oh, yeah, yeah. But that shit freaks me out more than anything else because yeah. that's just that's so feels so real. <laughs> you know, giant monster got like well, that's bullshit. But oh, a so I come with like, oh fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> that and also the bit with the nappies. That was a good bit. That really got me. That actually. Did you want to see the baby? No. I did. I wanted to see it. I was like, show me the fucking baby. Show me the 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 baby. Sometimes I want I want horror. Sometimes I want Nah, see, I like not seeing something. I think there's much I need to not see something that's just important. I think I gave it a 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10. Um, which, again, for a horror, I think if a horror hits above 5, then yeah. it's doing its fucking job. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, give it, I give it an 8. Yeah. I liked them all and you did. On to the next movie. Next so. one, I think this one Andy's seen actually. You've not seen it, but I mean, Andy's seen it. It's one called Blockers. I've seen Blockers. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so directed by a woman called Kay Cannon. Do you know who she is? I'm quite surprised that's directed by a woman. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, she's it's her first film, but she did write The Pitch Perfects. Oh, right, okay. And she also wrote Thirty Rock as well. She's part of Pitch Thirty Rock as well. Um, and also she's producer of New Girl. I watched that on Channel Four. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, she's involved. That. So she's obviously a very talented writer. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cast of the film, you get obviously John Cena, who is like the the. If you can't get the rock, yeah, you get the rock. If you can't get the rock, if you can't get John Cena, then you can get Steve Austin. I think you get, don't you? After that, possibly. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know who falls after Steve Austin. Um, you get how many? You get Leslie Mann in it from Forty Year Old Virgin. This is Forty, knocked up. She's obviously married. Um, and you've got a guy called Ike Barn Holtz, who I don't really know from anything to be honest, but I kind of half recognise his face. Um, you get three girls: um, Catherine Newton, Geraldine. Chris Waffenen and Gideon Adelone. Whole bunch of people we don't know who the fuck are. Yes, I'm yeah. mentioning particularly the three, particularly the three girls I really enjoyed. But anyway, we'll go on to that later on. Plot of the film is that three high school girls are going to high school prom. They make a pact they're going to lose their virginity on that night, and they just, one of them wants to do it for good reasons. One of them wants to do it just to get out of the way, and another one is sort of like try to figure stuff out for self. Yeah. Um, well, that happens. The parents find out they're going to be doing this, so the three parents. Make a move to try and stop this from happening, and all lock it, lock it, lock it, say, lock it somebody. They're cop blocking. They're cop blocking, isn't nah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Ah, because I see what's happening. Yeah, what's happening now? <laughs> um, from that hilarity and the drama ensues. Yeah. Um, Andy, what do you think of it? Um, really average. Really average. Really average. I thought they were going a bit too heavy on the kind of whole. Um, Humour and body humour and do you know what I mean? And John Cena cannot act to save his life. John Cena cannot act. That, that, no, he cries. I won't worry about. He cries quite a lot. And uh-huh. my God, every time he cried, I wanted to cry. And it <laughs> yeah. was just a whole catch to it. Anyway, yeah, like, stop crying. Stop crying. Yeah. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, so you got for it? Nothing much. I've seen John Cena in a few things as a kind of 
cameo almost. Yep. And I think he's alright when he's given four or five minutes screen yeah. time. I think when you give him yeah. more overexposure, you're just like that. Yeah, it yeah. shows his flaws. He's not an actor. He's definitely not. Um, I'm giving a bit more credit. See, for a studio comedy, which for most studio comedies recently have been shit. Yeah. This is actually it's it's solid. I think it's not terrible. It's not terrible. By any means, it's, it's solid. It made me laugh at least four times. Jill nearly had a fucking heart attack laughing at it at one point. She almost died at one bit, um, which is a butt chugging scene. Okay. Yeah. He had about five solid laughs. Thank you very much. Maybe five. <laughs> yeah. So if a comedy can make me laugh like five times, then. Absolutely, it's a win at that point. Yeah. Um, it felt less, probably because of the characters. Like maybe they took maybe. Um, I'm sure Leslie Mann is a good um, improv um, comedian, mm-hmm. but clearly John Cena is not. Yeah. So because of that, they felt they had to strip a lot more of it. Right. And to me, that is a benefit. I think comedy really tend to fall apart when it becomes this sort of like we put a camera on you for 20 minutes, just. Bam, oh, back and oh. forth, and then we'll cut something to get around it. Yeah. This really got a bit more of a structure to it. Particularly, I thought the three girls, like, I thought they were all like really good, I thought they were really funny. Yeah, yeah, the dialogue was quite kind of, it wasn't like that forced kind of, you can tell that somebody trying to write for a teenager has no clue. You can, uh-huh. It felt quite natural and. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, particularly the girl, the Geraldine Vass Waffen. Which one's that? That's the one of, I'm going to say. I'm going to say Pakistani descent, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yes. she was good. She's, she's very good. Actually, I think she's an Aussie, actually, in real life. Oh, um, right. But um, I thought she was really funny. I thought she really nailed the tone of it. Yeah. So the young one is about the, the young, the one who looks really young, the kind of the one who's um, not the rock star, the other mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Not the rock, John Cena. No, sorry, don't, not John Cena. Um, actually, one. out of all of the kind of three, you know, the, the three stories, husband's the one I liked the most. I, was, yeah. I kind of bought into that one. Yeah. Um, so they're really good. The kids were all excellent. Um, it has been compared to Superbad, because I think Superbad's a far superior movie. Yeah, I would yeah. say it's a lot better. And possibly because I'm a guy and I can identify more with Superbad to an extent. Mm-hmm. I'm not a parent, so I don't really get the parent side of this film. Mm-hmm. And equally, I'm not a 16-year-old girl, so I don't really get that point of it either. So maybe there's a certain identification with the film. Whereas you've got a teenage daughter, so maybe that's why you didn't like it as much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, yeah. It raised far too many questions. I, I might have had a few thoughts about Kevin, my daughter's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His movie, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why we didn't really get it. Um, I'm going to give it six and a half out of ten. Six and a half. Who would you give it? Straight down the middle, five. Right. I was, it's certainly not a terrible movie, but yeah. I just thought some of the humour felt a bit flat. You paid for it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so you paid for, for cinema, so. Maybe more of your, your once you pay ten pounds for a, a movie, you've got a higher expectation of what it should be. Yeah. If I'm getting it for free, essentially, then I'm not really caring. I'm going like, okay, if this is bad. It's not a big deal to me. I'll go see something else. I'll go see something else, and that one will balance it out. Whereas yeah. you're going to go, well, I felt I've had one film to see this week. This yeah, is one I picked, and I felt let down by it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still solid enough to watch. Yeah, yeah, doing that kind of thing, it's. It's not the worst. Well, make a better TV watch. And, uh, uh, I think so, yeah. See, you watch it at home at Netflix, like one night. I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. Like, the, the, the way you see a film makes a big deal, and I think paying 10 quid for that film, I'd probably would feel a bit ripped off. Yeah. But, but at home, in my couch. Yeah. And I won't lie, a lot of the stuff that put me off it is specifically John Cena. I just thought he was terrible in it. Yeah. Mainly, yeah. I'd have even preferred The Rock, and you know, I don't like The Rock yeah. in that. But, yeah. yeah. It does feel, yeah. It feels like they're trying to make John Cena a thing. Yeah. And it's the same way they tried to make the kid from 
Breaking Bad, I think, at one point, but um, Aaron Paul. And we just went, well, we like, we just don't want him in yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like John Cena's that guy this now, trying to put John Cena in, into everything, yeah. but people just don't really want him in everything. They just get, like, you're like, quite happy with him doing the five minute cameo in, mm-hmm. what was the one he was in with um, Amy Schumer? Oh, I don't know, the one with Bill Gibson as well, who was in You can yeah. see that he's not naturally inclined towards comedy, because the other guy was quite funny, the other adult, he was quite, uh-huh. yeah, but whenever John Cena tried to comedy, it kind of fell a wee bit flat. You feel like almost like, maybe the first couple of days of shooting have tried to do like, the improv thing, and they went, this shit's not yeah. working, this is not happening, we need to try and tighten this up, and, and then, you guys lead him down a path, and from that path we'll be able to put something together, yeah. so that's what it looked like to me. Um, yeah, like six and a half out of ten, so... It's not bad, they're not bad. Yeah, Randy no. gave it a five, so an average of five point five. Which yeah. is a recommendation of like it's not awful. Yeah. Um, not awful. Yeah, not awful. <laughs> Put it in the poster. Um, <laughs> Come see this one because it's not awful. It's not the worst. <laughs> not the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next film I saw, I've seen this, I don't think you've seen this one, is a film called Love Simon. I have not seen it, which is about the boy who is gay. Yes. Yep. Directed by Greg Vellante, who directed yeah. the film called Life As We Know, which is a really terrible romantic comedy. But he also is more famous now for being the producer and driving force behind things like Flash, Supergirl, Green Arrow, Riverdale, all the sort of CW, all the CW, all the CW shows. He's, he's, yeah. he's CW man right now. Okay. Um, the plot of this film, like you said, it's um, a young boy in high school um, and he had a great life. He loves his family, he loves his friends, his friends love him, he loves his sister even. And he's, he's got a great life, everybody loves him. He's got one secret and that secret is that he is gay and he can't tell anyone about it. Um, in the film you've got Nick Robinson, who is from Jurassic World. The kids. The older kids. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's in it. Um, you get Catherine Langford, who is from 13 Reasons. She plays uh, 13 Reasons Why, I think it's called. It's on Netflix. Oh, alright, cool, yeah. yeah. Have you seen that movie, then? Yeah? What? 13, 13 Reasons Why? Why? A TV show. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. so the main girl in that, the one in that, she's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays like his best friend. You've got Logan Miller, who is like so. If there is a bad element in the film, he's the he's, he's the element. He's the, the weak link. Yep, you've got Keen Lonsdale who plays Kid Flash, and um, okay. the Flash. He's in it as well, obviously coming from the Belanti world. Yeah. And you've got Jennifer Garner and Josh Duhamel playing like the two uh, two parents. I do like Jennifer Garner. I like Jennifer Garner as well. People give her a bad rack. Yeah, uh, she's, uh, she's cool. I like yeah, her. She does I, a job I'm a fan of her. Yeah. I'm a fan of that wee boy you just mentioned, the kid Flash, I think he's terrible. He's an actor, do you? Terrible actor, horrendous, oh my god. Are you even more annoyed he turned up in um, Legends Tomorrow now as well? No, no, I'm still not caught up with that, but he's horrendous, oh my god. He was ruining the Flash for me and I love Flash, and I was just like, we need a bit of this boy, just now, soon. Unfortunately, Berlanti likes him. Yeah, We like Garner, even though she hates Kevin Smith, we like Jennifer Garner. Oh. Yeah, so, anyway. Film itself, all the cast, you imagine, are all pretty good, they've all been in good stuff in the past. Um, I don't hate Kid Flash as much as you do. I think he's alright. <laughs> no. um, it's a pretty solid rom-com. There's not much depth of character beyond Simon. He's sort of obviously the focal point of the film, mm. so everyone else's stories are very periphery to that, so you don't really get much about them other than the fact they live in his world. Right. Um, it is, despite having guys like Kid Flash in it and having a, like, a, an Asian kid in it at some point as well, it is the most fucking whitest window class film I've seen in a exactly. long, long time. Right. Okay. It's, it, you said when you watched um, Walkers, felt like it wasn't an adult writing for kids. Yeah, felt yeah. You could sense that somebody who maybe knew that role. Somehow, you know, maybe the young kids themselves know writing from that perspective. This feels very much like an adult writing how he thinks kids behave. And it's like, it didn't, yeah, you know, like, that's yeah. not what it is. You know, they're all, they're all driving these like, really nice sort of four by, like, not like sort of like SUVs. 
not authentic. You're, yeah, you're not, yeah. They all, and they all come from money, clearly, and everything like that. So yeah. no one's really got any drama in their life, you know. Even that they kind of premise that maybe I'm wrong, but in this day and age, is that still such a real thing? Where this is what I got. kind of scared to come out. I to think it is still. Apart with. It depends where the movie's set, I suppose. Yeah, that's in the film set, like I think I want to say something like it's like it's it looks like very sort of liberal state. It looks like a particularly, you know, right wing. It's area. not Alabama. It's not Alabama, but no, I don't think so. Yeah. It's like something like Shady Creek or something. This goes. It could be quite Republican, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the problem I had with it as well. I mean, like, I'm coming from a white male straight perspective, but if someone comes out and says they're gay, I just don't think there's a reaction to that anymore. I don't yeah, think, I think so. Maybe, maybe it comes from a religious background or something, maybe there's more of an issue with it as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big problem in this, is uh, when he comes out, no one cares. <laughs> Everyone's sort of like, yeah, like your mum and dad go, you're still a boy, we still love you, you're, you're a son, yeah. we love you. All your friends are like, yeah, so, cool, like, yeah. so you're the fuck, yeah. yeah. Like, who do you like, that kind of thing. Go suck um, fuck up. If they're pissed off, they're pissed off at something as it happens because of, that happened before it, that he was, because he tried to cover, clearly tried to cover it up, he ends up basically, Doing bad shit to his friends, they're more pissed off he done bad shit to them and lied mm. to them rather than yeah, the fact he's gay. So yeah, yeah. the actual that point of it is not is a minor a, a thing to it. And I feel like it's in now in today's world, we feel like you're going like it's not a big deal anymore, is it? Is it's offensive. When you were describing it, I thought that's my first thought. Unless yeah. you're saying up that the parents are like yeah. crazy religious and they're going to disown them and uh-huh. some big drama, then it's not. No, I mean, parents are the, the kind of parents who are quite happy with him having his best friends to go who happens to be a girl, you know, they're not worried about that kind of thing, so they're always like, quite liberal and yeah, like, yeah. content yeah. with life, you know, so they're not really worrying about things. Um, so there's really there's very little drama in it beyond the drama he makes for himself. Right, right. Which felt like it's, like it's almost forced drama, mm. you know. It, it's, it's just, it's it's fine. Um, it'd be nice if they had, like, any conflict to have in it is resolved with one conversation. Right. So essentially, like, when he comes out, he thinks he's done something bad, so he comes out and he isolates himself for about a week. So they go, basically the last third of him coming around, everyone telling them, and talking to him, and they all go, yeah, we love you still, it's fine, move on. It's like, yeah. So there is nothing there of any sort of real conflict of nature to it. Like I said, if someone who, who is who is gay and has came out and they, and they see more in this film than say like we would do it, then you obviously can, I can't speak for them, but I can only see what I saw and I thought they were like a very non-conflictal rom-com which I felt like there was very little on his, on his there's path. no kind of payoff yeah. yeah there's a payoff at the end because he's, he's in the film he's conversing with a guy he, the guy who comes out first who does it anonymously and he's sort of conversing with him via yeah. email and ah, it's him trying to see the trailer anyway I'm trying to figure out who this person is so you got a little bit of that that's the sort of mystery behind it but ultimately kind of going, it doesn't really matter who that person is you know it's mm-hmm. sort of like it's, anyway, it's fine it's solid I think Jill liked it a lot more than I did um, she has quite enjoyed it found it very sweet uh, again 6.5 out of 10 so yeah. like not bad not awful just fine would so you it's watch? a very middle of the road yeah. podcast. It's so very, far. it's yeah, very yeah. middle. Of, yeah, nothing's really. A f- would you watch it again? No. No. Just but, one but, shot done. Yeah, what? Nothing. Nothing we've watched this week is a fairy tale. That is most. That is shocking. The first one we never watch again. I feel my time has been wasted for it. Nothing. I'm going to go. Yeah. I might watch that again. I feel need to watch mm-hmm. that again. Anyway. Cool. Um, so next film again. You've not seen this one because I saw it in an advanced preview. You did. You sneaky bastard. Sneaky bastard. Um, it's a film called Beast. Beast. Which is a UK semi-horror thriller sort of psychological thing. Um, directed by a guy called Michael Pierce, his debut flick. The plot of the film is a young girl played by Jessie Buckley. She's maybe in her, I think she's 27, so young, early 20s. She stays at home to look after her dad, and her mum sort of is very um, controlling of her life. 
every now and again she'll break away and she'll go out dancing or something like that and when she's out dancing she meets a guy and this guy is essentially bad news in town mm. it's, uh, the film's set in Jersey so it's like a wee small island mentality type thing um, and through the film you find out that this guy has been accused of rape and other things in the past never been convicted but he's always been accused of yeah, it yeah yeah uh, on the island someone goes missing and then they find her body and she's been raped and murdered so naturally the um, suspicions point towards him and it starts with sort of trying to say it's a character study of how would you react if so- someone you fall in love with you find out they've got a dark past you know if you find out that your partner has got suddenly find out that they might have killed three people in the past or done something in the past do you mm-hmm. suddenly do you question that do you, do you still stand by them and things like that you know so it's just it get into that part remind me a little bit for a lot of it a bit like the film The Hunt you ever seen that film The Hunt it's getting that is it Mickelson Miles Mickelson Miles Mickelson it's him he gets used of like being um, a paedophile in his, in his Norwegian village what came to my mind what was that one with um, Kevin Bacon the woodsman yes mm-hmm. he was guilty in that film it's he was guilty, guilty but yeah. just the, the, the kind of the idea of like how do you blame someone serve a time yeah, for crime yeah. and how do you deal with them after mm-hmm. that um, so it's it's Sounds- Deep. It's deep, it's dark, yeah. it's slow burning as fuck, you know, yeah. this thing does not move it anyway. sounds interesting, I won't lie, yeah. I'm thinking, I might watch that. Yeah, it's slow burning as hell, very moody, very atmospheric, it gets this idea of, you know, that, you know, small communities, of all the, you flood in Aaron and things like that, you know, but it's like, you know, small communities yeah. can be very, very insular. Oh yeah. And it doesn't take much for anybody, like, you know, something to kick off and feel what you feel. Yeah, you know, whispers much. soon become... Yeah, it's and it's very hard to hide from people at that point because it's a small island. You're gonna bump into mm-hmm. everyone eventually, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but because of that, because of the moody, you try to go for this moody atmospheric thing. It, time becomes quite kind of directionless. You kind of go up, and I wonder where it's going, what its purpose is, and, and you know what point it's trying to make. And I can, like, and really good maybe. 20 minute chunk of the film where you just feel kind of lost and just cut it out and not doing a better film. I don't know if it cut it out, I don't know what it would try to do, I don't really know. Maybe someone who's smart than me and knows film better than me can just know what it would try to do, but I felt like it was completely unnecessary and I felt like I'm just I'm kind of, I got bored. Right, and that's right. like, if, you, if I get bored in the cinema, that's my bad thing. kind of meandering. Yeah, it'd be very much yeah. meandering. Um, it takes a really bizarre, not bizarre, it takes a left turn in the finale which felt totally out, totally out of sorts with the yes, rest of the film. Oh. And then because of that, it felt like the rest of the film sort of suffered because of that. Can you start looking at the film through? Because the last thing you remember the film is the finale. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that you get a retrospective at the beginning and you're looking away, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. this ends here. Yeah. You know, like, why is it end there? Doesn't really make any sense to end there. Um, so, quite jarring, quite inconclusive. So, because of that, it kind of felt kind of flat for me. Out of ten, sir. Seven. Seven. So That's slightly right. better. Yeah. Still, I would say this. So, I will say this. So I gave it seven out of ten. I think most of the cinema we're in with, we give it about two or three. Right. No one has walked out seem particularly happy with the film. Right. You know, Anyone walk out during? No one walked out during it, but you can hear a lot of murmurs at the end of the film of people satisfaction. Satisfaction. Yeah. Was that as a, like a, a directorial debut though? Do you see this guy doing good things? You see there's something. You definitely see there's something there. Yeah, the guy can definitely do something. Ideas. He's got an idea. He's got an eye for for, for um, atmosphere and tone. Um, for the most part, and he knows how to take a shot. But we're not used to own the craft a wee bit. Yeah, and definitely own the, the craft. Yeah. And yeah, a better yeah. script. And it's gonna. F- I think he wrote it as well. Yeah. And it's gonna film you watching. There's like six different companies coming before the credits. Yeah, you know, yeah. So it's been crowdfunded, and God knows it's what. Been, it's been a labour of love, so you can definitely see that one. Um, but you know, definitely, if you, I don't think you get much of a release. I was surprised it was actually unlimited screening. It's sort of like an advanced preview because it seems very out of sorts. Normally those mm. kind of films are. Kind of bigger budget, yeah. Bigger budget, it's a very, it's a low budget, but it should be felt like, I'm, I'm kind of glad I did it, because it's kind of film people go and see because it's on 
the advanced preview. You know, if it's, if they put Ready Player One out in the advanced preview, which I was delighted to have it as an advanced preview, mm-hmm. but also going like, I'm going to see that film anyway. Like, I'll go and see that film when it comes out, no matter when it comes out. Yeah. This is all like, I might not go and see that film, or I might be trying to go and see it, so putting it on there means I can make a point of going to see it, and it feels like a nice way to go and see the film. Too. But solid enough, 7 out of 10. Um, the last film, Colin. Last film, um, which we, we just seen about, about, about two hours ago, yeah. Um, Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare. Um, from Blumhouse. Blumhouse's newest film, yeah. I've yep. seen the trailer for it and I don't fancy it at all. Good choice. We'll okay. tell you why. <laughs> tell you why. Um, so, directed by a guy called Jeff Wardlow, who did a film called Cry Wolf, by the day. I've not seen that. Um, Never Back Down. Yep. True no. Memoirs of an International Assassin. Yep. With mm. Kevin James. No, no, yeah. no. Um, but what he did do, which we did all like, is Kick-Ass 2. Oh, you said Kick-Ass 2? You did Kick-Ass 2, yeah. Really? Okay. Okay, so, bit of credit with that one. Um, I'm not a fan of Kick-Ass 2. Are you not? No, no. I enjoy no, it. I think he just totally was not even a patch on the first one. Oh, it's not a patch on the first one, but I still yeah. enjoyed it. Same way there. No, no, I didn't. Didn't I enjoy it at all? Oh, I like Kick-Ass 2. You said it was alright. Um, so the plot of this film is, a group of kids go on spring break to Mexico. Yep. Well, there they get talked by, by a guy into going to an abandoned convent. To carry on the party. To yep. carry on the party. Yep. Where they then play a game of Truth or Dare. Yep. That Truth or Dare game gets basically enchanted. Possessed. Possessed, yeah, enchanted yeah. by a demon. Yep. So the Truth or Dare game doesn't stop when they leave. Yeah. So they're constantly sort of basically made to play Truth or Dare throughout their life. Yeah. By random methods. And if they don't. If they don't tell the truth, they'll die. Or do the dare, they'll die. Die as well. Yeah. Yes. Pretty, pretty much. I can, I, can I give it a one out of ten already? <laughs> <laughs> um, in the I, film, you've got the main uh, lady in it is Lucy Hale from Pretty Little Liars. You've got Tyler Posey from Teen Wolf, um, Violet Bean from Flash. Um, she plays the other Flash, the girl Flash. Uh, Jesse Quick. Jesse Quick. And you've got Sophia Alley as well from Grey's Anatomy. So what I'm saying is it's a really nice fucking good looking bastard. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is, yeah. Everyone's a good looking fucking film. Everyone's a flawless American movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an MTV movie. It basically yeah. is. It's surprising the 15. There was one or two bits in it that I can see why it was. Yeah, but I can see why. But I always think that's the kind of film you've got to try and promote to like as a 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not as a 15. Yeah. Because yeah. it feels like when you've got a 15, you're losing. Because like, 15, I'm not. No one who's watching 15 horrors, I'm guessing, is watching Pretty Little Liars, Teen Wolf, and Grey's Anatomy. No, no. So you want to try and aim it towards the audience and you watch that, which will be your 12 year old. 13 year old. Ah, you're going to watch that. Um, what did you think of it? Um, fairly generic stuff. It was inoffensive. Um, I've seen worse horrors, I've seen a lot, lot better, but it pretty much ticked every horror box. Yeah, it did. Few wee scares, bit of blood, kids get killed, kids fucking save each other, their aunts are back. It ticked all the boxes and it was meh. Try to follow sort of. Meh, exactly. That's that summed up to something, meh. It tried to follow sort of Final Destination sort of oh, rules and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. and you sort of became really dull the because of it. Is, it's horror to a point now where you can't do anything. Like a quiet place kind of swings for fences because it gives you a whole new kind of. You can't fucking make it out, you know. But it's just like, what's left in Blumhouse? There seems to be that market though for that kind of. I mean, Final Destination is as a gem amongst them, you know, that they just nailed it. But that whole thing, the whole I mean, like yeah. scream. The Blumhouse like, model is make it cheap and then no matter how cheap you make it, it'll make it'll money make back. It yeah. So and it works. if they make a $10 million movie and it makes $40 million, they go, well, we've made, we've made money on that thing. They'll make money on this because kids, yeah. I mean, you're kind of 50 to 24 years old, lap it up for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just. Very up. That was always just happening. It wasn't bad. wasn't good. Just meh. No one really convinced him. It just, it just felt... It took the usual... Like said, every trope was in, it was deployed at mass. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And yes, you felt... It felt dull because of that. Yeah. Whereas we, like, we talked about ghost stories yesterday and earlier on today was... There's a lot of tropes in that, but I think they're executed better. 
like you know, if I'm somebody, somebody can get in a darkened staircase, why are you going to do a darkened staircase? Yeah. Give me a reason why the, the purpose mm-hmm. to that. Don't you make them go down it? Because they just go down it, then it's stupid. That's the purpose of why they actually yeah. go down that yeah. staircase. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not really worth writing home about. It's just it's very. Like I said, very average. I would say even more than, than kind of the last few movies we spoke about. This is definitely a TV movie. You know, yeah, like, sure. I, I mean, great, comfortable kind of Sunday night viewings. You know I mean? Yeah. Before you go to bed and you're not going to have nightmares. So you get scared at all. Any jump in from that company, you're not going to expect anything different. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So they've, they've definitely got a form of Blumhouse. They have a form, but every now and again they'll break out with something new. They'll break out with Get Out. Now and again, like. Or they'll do something like um, Whiplash. Which mm-hmm. was surprising. They have good moments when they do, do something. They, yeah. But again, even Get Out and Whiplash when they did them, they're still only doing them with like a 10 million budget. It's like, well, yeah. if, this, if, this fucking, if this fails and messes up, we are not at a loss for it. We'll make all our money back on Pulse 5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all they're worrying about is making yeah. them. They've got a bottom line of what they do with films. Yeah. And if you look at Bloomhouse's, um, Jason Bloom, his IMDP D page, if you look at like upcoming projects, Jesus. It's massively ah, yeah. It's huge. He's obviously involved in, he's just got so many like balls in the air to try and get stuff underway. And, and so he's just a, it's a, it's a, 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 a factory, a treadmill, which is constantly moving. Is he involved in the new Shaman film, like Split? Is he involved in the new Glass one as well? I think he is. Yeah, yeah so he's involved with that. I mean, that's going to make massive money, because Split made huge money. Yeah. Glass is going to make massive money. I'm sure maybe there's some sort of maybe in Halloween, maybe possibly, something that touching that. Yes, I mean, when you look at him, I think he's got... He's doing Spawn as well. maybe 40 or 50 projects he's doing Spawn. He's doing Spawn, yeah. Who created Spawn? Uh, McFarlane. McFarlane. McFarlane has been wanting to do Spawn for years and every company keeps offering big money to basically, you're right, you sign it off and you'll, you'll take it yeah. away and we'll do it. And he went, no, I've got an idea for a film that can be sort of a low budget. Yeah, really. he wants Spawn to more in the shadows, but yeah. man, it's not like CGI. Exactly, mm-hmm. he wants a dark, like sort of, he wants, he wants to make like a really, a really sort of 10 million, 15 million yeah. budget Spawn and the only way going to be willing to do it, they want, they want a superhero film, they want a massive big. Yeah. And he held off, he's held off for the last apparently 10 years and apparently Bloomhouse stepped in and said, you know what, we'll give you a chance to do it, like direct it, like you write it, but we'll only give you a 12 million budget, and he's like, that's exactly what so I want, that's what I'm going to do, that's I'm happy to do that, yeah. so he can, he can do that. So, they said, they can do a lot, they can, they can do a lot with that money, you know, they can, and part of what I've listened to interviewing Bloomhouse, what he says is, if you take it, if you give people full control, they're actually more likely to take on any notes, because they think it's not interference. So yeah. if, you're, if you're constantly interfering, they're going to they're going to kick back on it. Yeah. But if you say like you can do what you want, and every now and again you go, you know, what, can we do this? And they go, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's a good idea. We'll do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's there's less of it, and people are more likely to give up Final Cut than they are on other films. They're going to go, you know what? You know, you've got a form, you know what you're doing with stuff. We can we can work within that. So because there's such low risk on it, it's no risk. And the rest of the film just seems exactly like that. It's absolutely ro- low, low, low risk. Yeah. No... yeah, it's almost like the kind of Adam Sandler formula. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, for sure. Same budget, you know, they'll make the money back and just... No, and it, it will, it, it make its money back easy. Yes, I mean, I thought, I mean, look at house. I don't think any. I don't think any failed. No, no. they've all made money back. Even the, even like Ouija, which was utterly, utterly awful, yeah. still made its money back. Yeah, for sure. And, you know? yeah. and then yeah. they've also got the big ones. They've got their, their, their um, Pudge ones. They've got their Insidious ones. They've got their mm. Annabelle ones. They make stupid, they make fucking stupid amounts of money, yeah. so they can, yeah. they can live. Those films fund any sort of vanity project one of them might want to throw at something somewhere. Being a horror fan, so it's, it's not a bad thing. I know a lot is generic, but you know, being a horror fan, it's nice to see horror getting a bit of attention and somebody that's willing to invest in it and yeah. you kind of give it a bit. It's like, almost a good time horror because, like, much of this is a bad horror film. It's like not bad, average. Yeah, very average. There's been some real horror gems out the past like five or six years, but you go, those are Stonewall classics. You didn't like a quite as much bang as a classic horror film. No, Even stuff like the, um, a witch. The, the witch, witch was yeah, out recently. Yeah. It follows. 
Oh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's a wee kind of resurgence over the past few years, and really it's one house has just helped to build that, and he's doing, he's doing good work. Do work. I think it will just get stronger. I will honestly admit that a lot of those films you just mentioned, um, it follows, blah blah. I think they're all compared to the kind of like. Um, a high point horror movies back in the 80s, 90s, whatever. They are just average movies that are out just now, but a set in the platform is getting horror back in the limelight and they're only going to get better and better and yeah. better and they'll get bigger uh, budgets. And it, I would say time. something like the Babadook and the Witching Wolf against anything from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. I don't think so. The Babadook, I was genuinely let down with that movie. What about The Witch? I like that. I like yeah, that. I think that can go up against anything. That's different, though. That's, yeah. that's a weird one, The Witch, it? Because it doesn't, it's not exactly horror. When, when, since when did the rabbit become no, horror? No, it's definitely horror. It's definitely horror, yeah. yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't ask it was more kind of edge of your seat stuff, but not horror. Like, it's tense, but I, I was still scared through that whole film. Yeah, I think it's a great film. Stuff like that. But, um, yeah. Ten, sorry, four. Out of ten, I'm giving it a four. Five. Four or five, yeah, yeah, so it's very average. Very mediocre film. Not a bad film, not a good film. If you like horror, go and see it, because you can owe it to yourself anyway, but uh, don't expect anything more than... I think we got all excited from it. Ah, nothing more than yeah. 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 Um, out next week. Out next week, sir. Still out is Peter Rabbit. Is Peter Rabbit. What else is still out? Still what out else? is um, Death Wish. What else is still out? Still out, amazing, great showman. It's still out. <laughs> and you still haven't I seen it? I still haven't seen it, no. I mean, <laughs> they may be waiting just for me to go um, and see it. Death Wish, I've not seen yet, but look at it. Have Death Wish again? Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Well, it's great to bite the Terrible reviews. Yeah. Terrible. It's on early morning now, so it's not really getting, it's not doing business at all, I think. It might be one that you're going to see on Amazon in a few He's years. He's a bit of a falling thing. star, isn't he? Hello, Chris. Hello, Willis. Mm-hmm. You know what? Judging by some of the shit I've heard about him. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Deserves to be there. Or, judging by what Kevin Smith did. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what Kevin Smith's not the only guy I've heard give bad stories about Bruce Willis. Yeah. He does, he's one of those guys, if you can find a, a director who can engage him, like, say, example, Ryan Johnson can, for Looper, can engage him properly. You can get you can get the Bruce Willis you want on mm-hmm. camera. But if he's not in the mood, or if he's just not, if he's bored and he's doing the money for the money, or whatever reason it is, he does, I mean, you can see the telephone lines he's phoning in so much. Yeah, yeah. At least Nick Cage, when he does some of these really bad straight-to-DVD movies, he's still committed to performance. Yeah, yeah. He's still giving something to it, you know? But now Bruce is sort of, he's he, he just... What was the yeah. last great Bruce Willis film? You know, this has been a long time. It's been one. Like, I love Die Hard. Die Hard: The Avengers. Uh, I'd probably say Luke. For me personally, Luke probably Luke. Yeah, and before well. that, it was probably Fifth Element, and everything between. I just wasn't fan of. Yeah, you're sitting on the sink. Yeah, it's just got a dull. Yeah. So anyway, that's still that's still out. New out next week. We've got The Wildling. Seen trailers for it. Seen a trailer for that. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You could follow it. What's the other horror that they had the trailers out for? That actually proper looks scary. Strangers. I've seen it's the new. No, I've seen it's basically the new Exorcist. I saw the trailer for it. Oh, um. Sort of like. Um, Hereditary. Yeah, yeah, it's got a uh, Tony Collette in it. That looks really, that looks really fucked up. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, it. oh, it looks good. You watch it, watch it. I mean, everybody just looks creepy as shit. Yeah. To be honest, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's nice. It's in three weeks time, I think, in two or three weeks mm-hmm. time. Yeah, it looks good. Okay. Um, also, I reckon you've got Every Day, which looks awful. I mean, you tell you, it's, it's like a teen romance where a girl's got to fall in love with some boy's ghostly soul. It just, it looks awful. Is that not just Casper? Possibly, it's a sexy Casper. <laughs> it's just um, You've got The Ledger Seeker, which is um, Donald Sutherland and... Sounds kind of cute, but reviews so giving that kind of... Yeah, Donald Sutherland, Helen Mirren in a camper van touring yeah. America. It does sound like it could be really cute and really warm yeah. and fuzzy. Yeah. But I like to hang in a bit of kicking. Yeah. Um, and you've also got the Guernsey, literally, and Potato Peel Pie Society. With Lily James. So which, it seems to I was actually intrigued by the trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think um, I watched that. 
it's a very weak week this week because I think everyone's running scared right now of the fact that venues are out on Thursday, Thursday. next Thursday so everyone's sort of freaking out about that and they're sort of panicking about anything else and it's not going to do massive money so yeah, a few weeks before we start to see stuff all about the venues will chew everything up next week I think um, not yeah and then the Wizard Street after we've pretty much got Deadpool cool. 2 and Solo so, yeah, so, yeah, so. you're going to get you're basically going to jump from event movie to event movie for the next maybe Two months probably. Yeah. You're going to get summer as well. In the summer, yeah. When's X Men Dark Phoenix? That's not too. That's pushed on. I think that's is pushed it? further, yeah. Is it? I think you've got like this year's big buns that you've got obviously your solo, you've got um, Avengers, Deadpool, Mission Impossible, Ant Man and Wasp, Incredibles, Jurassic World 2 as well. Mm-hmm. All that's kind of, kind of falling into place. So that's going to be pretty much. Probably each film will get like a two week window, I reckon, I think, mm-hmm. roughly, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be right up to maybe the end of June, start of July before we start seeing any sort of anything else coming out of the cinema. You also get a few weeks and other random films get thrown in week to week, but yeah. they all have to. You probably have to be quite quick to go and see them. They're going to they're going to fall away yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. Mr. McCann, you have to be able to find Just us? quickly before we go. Right, um, I was reading something yesterday in the, uh, the Guardian newspaper. Oh, how very fancy of you! Yeah, no, it was. It's on Facebook. But uh, apparently George Miller is, is involved in some legal wranglings with the studios just now. About um, about. The Mad Max franchise. He wants more money for it, or he wants to do it I again. Somebody wants more. I can't remember. They want more money or less money, but basically they reckon it, it might push it back to a point where they might not get made anymore. I can imagine that's going. I can imagine the effort to make Fury Road to me says that film is a one-off. And if anyone else, no one is going to do that film again. It's anything similar to that. But I think. And, no one, and if it can be, it'll be. It will not be George Miller who tries to do it again. It'll be no. some other director. But I think. To I think he, he. He wants to do he it. He lined up a second in a, in a Furiosa movie as well. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah. but I think it's all the studio, so it looks like yeah. we could see that. that because be Mad Max. Mad Max Fury Road with a film they gave him like sort of like fifty, I think it was like eighty million budget, and we're like fucking go off the fucking desert. Make have your fun, film, yeah. have fun, come back, we'll pump it out in sometime mid mid February and you'll make your money back and that'll be it. He went away to the desert for a year and a half and came back with the greatest action movie of the past fifty years. Yeah, yeah. And they had absolutely no idea what to do with it, which is why he didn't win the Oscar, like why it it's it done good business but not the business it should have done for that film. And why it didn't get any Oscar real recognition. No, Once in Tenegal stuff, but he should have got best director for that film. Because yeah, yeah. even the great directors just now, like even guys like um, uh, Steven Soderbergh said mm. he watched that film and he does not know how people did not die on that set how he's not still in the desert filming that movie yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a brilliantly directed movie even Spielberg has said that is a phenomenal film like that is a film done to all utter perfection so he should have won the best Oscar but the yeah. studio had no confidence in it but now the world has seen everyone, everyone loved it it made money back now they can go this is a cash cow we could we probably do something with it now there's studio interference that we're talking about before the yeah. Bloomhouse films yeah. they're low budget enough there's no interference this film is bigger if these films now expanded something bigger there will be so much more people trying to throw their bits into yeah, the yeah. into the pot and Miller doesn't think the guy who needs to do anything so he'll just say no I'm not going to do that if you're, you're going to make me do X, Y and Z mm. I'm not, yeah. not going to no do film. it there's no film but, um, look at yourself it's um, in the Guardian just a wee article for me interest yourself I, know. Know I do love. I love George Miller and I do uh, love I Mad Max particularly Mad Max Fury Road um, where can you find us you can find us at number three beers in the movie on Gmail Facebook Instagram your local bus stop, whatever you want to find. Or just driver. come to the Raven for a pint. Yeah, for a pint. Yeah, have fun with us. Uh, you've, you've not been Richard. <laughs> you've been Richard. I've been calling. <laughs> I've been drinking. Too. And you've been um, here. Yeah, and yeah. you've been here. <laughs> Very tiredly here, but yeah. Thanks for listening to. Three beers and a movie.